Hey everyone, welcome to Rolling Hills Online. Wherever you are in the world, we're glad that you're joining us today. In addition to our online campus, we have two physical locations in Franklin and Nolensville. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love to meet you in person. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to invite you to check out our new here page at rollinghillscommunity.org. Here, you can find out more about who we are, what we believe, and what to expect when worshiping with us. If you've been with us before and want to find out how to get involved, please visit our Next Steps page. This is where you can learn more about baptism, partnership, missions, community groups, and more. If you're joining us live, we encourage you to jump into our chat. This is a great way to connect with our online community and further discuss today's message. In addition to the chat feature, you will find today's sermon notes and a link to the Bible so that you can follow along. Have something that you would like for us to pray with you about? Click the prayer request link at the bottom of the page. We would be honored to join you in prayer this week. If you feel called to partner with us financially, you can give online through the giving page of our website. Your support allows us to continue this opportunity to share the message of Christ around the world. So thank you. Again, welcome to Rolling Hills. We hope that you feel at home. Made in your likeness, we are united. Whole and complete, we are found in you. One love, one spirit, one mindset. Your word is our truth. Amen, amen, amen. What a great morning of worship. What a, just a great time to be in the presence of the Lord. And man, good morning, church. And also, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. I'm so thankful for my mom. So thankful for my wife, who's an amazing mom. And just so thankful for so many moms who are here who just love Jesus and make such an impact on so many and impact generations. So I'm so thankful for you. You know, Mother's Day started, it was 1908. And there was a lady named Anna Jarvis. And she just started it because she wanted to honor her mom. Her mom and some friends worked tirelessly during the Civil War and they would bandage up soldiers from both sides and they worked to bring peace and reconciliation during the war. And so she was like, I wanna honor that. And it was in 1914 that Woodrow Wilson then made it a holiday every second Sunday of May that we would come and we would honor moms. And so what a special time. And you know, moms, man, you, you, just, you just are amazing. And you work tirelessly and give so much of your heart in your life. And we're in the middle of a great series called Wholehearted. And I think it's so applicable for moms because you are a mom wholehearted. And for us as followers of Jesus, that's our call. Right, Not to do things halfway, not just for convenient Christianity and not just for, you know, casual Christianity, but for us to be wholehearted followers of Jesus, for us to press deeper into Jesus and for us to follow him all the days of our lives. And we're studying this book in the Bible called Philippians. And it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And it was a church that he loved. It was a church that he was so close to. And he wrote, and in chapter one, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And I love that because the Apostle Paul was writing from prison, okay? And he's writing to this church that he planted like 15 years earlier. And he goes, guys, I'm in prison I got a lot of time to pray and I got a lot of time to write and I'm writing you because we are partners in this. 
And your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, Paul writes to the church, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I love that because what Paul was saying to the church there and what he's saying to us, I believe God is saying today is this, is church, God is not finished with us. God's done great things in us as a body of believers, but God is not finished. God's done great things in your life. And you look at what God's done over the years and, and where you are today, but God's not finished with you. And God's still writing a greater story in you. And so you hold on to him. And in chapter two of Philippians, he, Paul writes this, this, that he, Jesus, that your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. He, Jesus, ought to be the role model for your life. And as a Christ follower, it's so easy to get caught up in the world and looking and saying, hey, how's the world living and, and what are they doing? But for us, our role model is always Jesus and his love and his sacrifice and his just pouring out of his life. And that's the way we should live in that kind of humility. In chapter three, we saw last week, Pastor Nick did a great job talking about how Paul challenge the church to say, hey, you're living with one foot in the world and one foot in the Lord. Make a decision, right? Don't, don't just live with one foot in the world and one foot in the Lord. I mean, even Jesus says in Revelation, I wish you were hot or cold. Make a decision, you know, go one way or the other, but plant both feet in the Lord. Plant both feet solid in the Lord and grow in your relationship with him. And that's what we come to you today in the second part of chapter three, this call to grow, this call to spiritual maturity. So I'm really glad you're here today because I, I love this. I'm excited about today. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, jump in with me in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter three, Philippians chapter three, and we're gonna unpack the word of God today. Philippians, New Testament, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. And then you know, after that, you have Acts, story of the early church, then Romans, this great theology, but it all changes in chapter 12 of Romans to become really practical. And Paul always marries the theology and the practical, living it out in our lives. And then you go to the Pauline epistles and the first and second Corinthians written to the church in Corinth. And then you'll get there to Philippians. Philippians chapter three, written to the church in Philippi. And pick up with me if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, hey, we'll put the words on the screen. So pick up here, verse 15. It says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. If you're taking notes, number one is this, that we are called to spiritual maturity. We are called to spiritual maturity. We are called to grow spiritually. You were created to grow spiritually. This is the way you are. Now we get that when it comes to physical growth, right? We see a little baby, we're like, they shouldn't stay a baby, you know, even though moms want them to stay a baby, but they, they should grow, right? They should grow and become a, a child, become a teenager, become a young adult, become older, you know. There, there's a process there, and the way that they grow is how? Diet. Exercise, right? Eating healthy, right foods, exercise, even a healthy growth there. Spiritually, though, sometimes we just kind of go, well, I accepted Christ. I'm going to go to heaven. It's going to be great. You know, and God's going, no, I want you to grow. I want you to experience the fullness of the Christian life. I want you to have joy and peace and purpose. And this comes as we mature in our faith. So Paul says, all of you who are mature, all of you who are growing in your faith, you should take a view of such things. Now, what's he talking about there? 
Well, he's going back to verse 4 through 11 where he just lays out his God story. I mean, the Apostle Paul comes and says, guys, this is what God's done in my life. And he goes back and he says, before I met Christ, I was religious. <laughs> and I mean, I was super religious. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, which is the favored tribe. You know, I had it all. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Man, I was a Pharisee, only 6,000 Pharisees. I was legalistic. I was zealous. I even persecuted the church. <laughs> I was religious. But what I realized is I could never be good enough. I could never be good enough to get to God. And there came a time where I just said, man, I want Christ. And we know from the book of Acts that Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was persecuting the early church and Jesus showed up and Jesus encountered Paul and, and Paul falls on his face and begins to worship and his life has forever changed and for you and I, there comes a point where we go, you know what, it's not about religion. That's fine and everything, but, but it's about a relationship with God through Christ. Paul goes, that was me. And I gave my life to Christ and whatever I thought was good in the past, I just know Christ is more. In fact, my life now, I want to know Christ. I want to grow in Him. I want to become like Him. I want to mature in my faith. Church, all of us have a God story. So what's your God story? What is it? For some of you, man, you think about your life before Christ, right? We all have a unique story, but these three elements are present in all of our stories. There's the life before Christ. And some of you, you go, man, my life was out of control. I mean, my life, I mean, I look at my life before Christ and I was at rock bottom. We know some dramatic conversion experiences, right? People were like, man, I was strung out on drugs or man, I was alcoholic or my life was just spinning out of control. I was desperate. Other stories are like Paul's. I, I was religious, you know? My parents took me to church and it was good. It was, it was fine. But at some point I realized it wasn't about religion. I needed Jesus myself. And I, it wasn't my parents' relationship and it wasn't my church's relationship and it wasn't my country's relationship. It was my relationship. There was my life before Christ, but then I committed my life to Christ. God was drawing me to himself and his sovereignty, and I said yes. And from that point on, my life changed. My life changed. So, so what is your story? What was your life like before? How did you meet Christ? You remember that? You remember the joy of, of knowing that God loves you, that God sent his son to die for you. You remember just coming alive in him? And then what is God doing in your life now? What's God doing in your life now? Sometimes I'll talk to people and I'm like, hey, what's God doing in your life? And they're like, well, I accepted Christ when I was a kid. You're like, great, you're 30 now, okay? You know, what's God been doing the last 20 years in your life, you know? Well, or you talk to people, like, well, what's God doing in your life? Well, I used to be real involved. Right? I used to do this. I used to serve. I used to give back. And you're like, dude, you're 50 now. I mean, come on. You've got wisdom. You've got experience. Get involved. Get in the game. What's God doing in your life now? And he says, all of us who are mature should take a view of such things. That we're called and created to grow spiritually. And then look, number two. Maturity comes as we press in to Christ. Look at verse 16. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Let us live up to what we've already attained. Now, what have we already attained? 
Salvation. Right? Eternal relationship with God. What have we already attained? That God came to us. In the middle of our total depravity, in the middle of our sin, in the middle of our brokenness, God came to us. We have salvation. And Paul says, let us live up to that. You know how awesome it is when somebody believes in you? You want to live up to that, don't you? When you've got a parent who believes in you, or maybe you have a boss and they just look at you and they go, man, I, you've got potential. Or you have a coach. And this coach goes, I believe you can do it. Man, get in there. And you're just like, I can do it. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. You know, you want to live up to that. But think about this. The God of the universe <laughs> saw you and drew you to himself and gave his one and only son for you. And the Apostle Paul never lost that. When he met Christ on the road to Damascus, he knew that God had a plan for him and he was gonna press into Christ. He was gonna hold on to Jesus. He was gonna follow Jesus. And I think for all of us, there's that call of God. How are we growing? How are we maturing? If you go back to verse 12, because I think this is where Paul was really kind of focused in here. He says, not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, you know what? I'm not there yet. Now that's good news for me. I got to tell you because Apostle Paul, rock star Christian, you know. And I'm thinking, man, if he thinks I'm not there yet, I know I've got a long way to go. We're all a work in progress. And wherever you are on the journey, maybe you just accepted Christ at Easter. You know, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years. But wherever you are in the journey, we want to press in to Jesus, right? We want to press into him. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now this word straining, okay? This word in the Greek, and you know the New Testament was written in Greek. And so sometimes you go back to the original language and you see these nuances that are just like, oh, I get it. This word straining was a, a Greek word that was used in athletic competitions when a runner was coming to the finish line and they were straining toward the line. You know, like every muscle flexed, everything in them, they're just like, yeah. And Paul goes, I'm straining toward what lies ahead. And I love that picture because see, Paul, he loved athletics. I, I grew up playing sports. I know a lot of you guys are into athletics and working out and doing those things. And I love that because Paul uses these analogies throughout the New Testament. He's like, you know, you're boxing, right? You're not just fighting the air, man. You're making a difference, you know? And he uses these race analogies. But here he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead. I'm moving forward ahead. And what happens so often in the Christian life is, is we don't forget what lies behind. We try to bring that with us. And every time we get serious about really following Jesus, every time we get serious about, hey, being the spiritual leader at my home, or hey, I'm going to get involved in church, or, or hey, you know, I'm going to go to this community group or this Bible study. Every time we start to get serious, Satan comes and reminds us of what is behind. You know what I'm saying? Satan comes along and says, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> Do you remember what you did in high school? You, you remember what you did in college? And you're really going to try to lead now at church? Come on, come on, come on. And you know what we do then? We just do this. Get behind me, Satan. Get, get out of here. 
I'm forgetting what is behind. I'm redeemed. I'm restored. I am new in Christ. How many times do you think Satan came to the Apostle Paul and says, Hey, Paul, are you serious? You persecuted Christians. Are you serious now? You're doing mission trips. Are you serious now? And Paul's going, get behind me, Satan. I'm forgetting what lies behind, and I'm straining toward what lies ahead. And what lies ahead is Jesus. <laughs> what lies ahead is Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Hey, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal. Hey, what's the goal of your life? You ever thought about it? We all have a goal in our life, right? Well, what's the goal of your life? Some people I talk to and they say, hey, well, my goal is to make a lot of money. <laughs> or my goal is to retire early. Or, or, or my goal, my goal is to have a big family. Or, or my goal is to have this job. And, and not any of those things are bad, but as a believer, as a Christ follower, you know what the goal of your life is? Jesus. <laughs> It's not heaven. Heaven's the reward, right? We're all going to die. You know, we don't want to talk about it, but it's all going to happen. Heaven's the reward. But the goal for us is Jesus. For those God foreknew, he also predestined, it says in Romans eight twenty nine. For those God foreknew, he also predestined that we would be conformed to the likeness of his son. And so for you and I, the goal is Jesus. For you and I to look more like Christ every day day that we look more and more and more like Jesus. Not that we're perfect, right? But we are moving forward in our faith. That's maturity. That's spiritual growth. And just like when you're a baby physically and you have to have the right food to eat and you have to have exercise to grow healthy, spiritually, we press into the Word. We press in and we start to study and we exercise. We serve, we give back, we put our faith into action, into motion, and we began to grow. And I want to tell you, it's awesome growing spiritually and becoming all that God has created us to be and designed us to be. There is something about knowing Him that just makes us come alive. And that's maturity, that's maturity. Keep going, maturity is this, number three, maturity develops as we learn from others. Pick up at verse 17. He says, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Maturity is when we learn from others. Many times people will say the best kind of learning is trial and error. That's not the best kind of learning, okay? That's definitely not, right? You don't want to say to your kids, hey, just try it, you know, see if cocaine's bad, right? I mean, uh, no, you wouldn't do that. That's not the best kind of learning. The best kind of learning is learning from others. The best kind of learning is going, oh, wow, look at that. They've been married for 50 years. <laughs> Maybe I can learn something there. Hey, hey look at that. Look, look at the way, man, that person has character and integrity, that, that person, I, I want to be like that. <laughs> and see, Anna Jarvis, when she started Mother's Day, I think that's what she was doing, honoring her mom. My mom, in the middle of the Civil War, instead of backing away and, and just hunkered down and trying to protect us, my mom was engaging. And she was trying to bring peace and reconciliation, and I want to honor her for that. My wife, Lisa, uh, 
Her mom went home to be with Jesus eight years ago. Two weeks before our last daughter, Kate, um, before she was born. And Lisa, man, Mother's Day is hard for her because every year she just misses her mom. But you know what? She, she loves her mom so much. And she looked up to her mom and the impact that her mom had on my wife's life has made such a difference in our marriage and made such a difference in our kids. And I'll be forever thankful. And the apostle Paul says, hey, guys, look around at people who are pursuing the Lord. Look around at people who are striving after him. And the apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, that's a bold prayer to pray, I think. That's a bold statement to make, isn't it? Hey, guys, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. But the fact is this. We make that statement every day. And if you're a parent, there are little eyes watching you every day. If you're a grandparent, if you're an aunt or an uncle, if you're an older sibling, there are little eyes watching you every single day. And what are they learning from you? What are they learning from me? What are they learning that's important in life? What are they learning that we value? And are we able to say, hey, follow my example. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. But follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. As I press into Christ. What I love about the Apostle Paul what I love about Paul is this, is that he didn't let Satan hold him back, right? He didn't let his past or his failures. He, he didn't live in the past. He learned from the past. And he went forward in Christ. And, and God took all of his past experiences and redeemed those for God's glory. God wants to redeem our past. God wants to redeem our experiences. God wants to use us in the future. And if we would learn that and just say, hey, I'm never going to be perfect. I get it. And I can't go back and change things. But I can press forward in Christ. I can demonstrate what it's like to follow the Lord. I can demonstrate what it's like to have character and integrity and a heart built on Christ. That's what I want my legacy to be. I want people to say, hey, man, he didn't, didn't do everything right. But you know what? He loved the Lord. <laughs> and he was pursuing Jesus. And he loved his wife. And he loved his kids. He loved God's church. He, he loved well. And he pursued Jesus with everything in him. Keep going. Maturity. Maturity grows in our struggles. <laughs> Maturity grows in our struggles. Paul says, for, for as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears. Many live, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their, their mind is on earthly things. Paul's writing from Rome, okay? Paul's writing from a culture that was godless, right? You had the Roman orgies. You had slaves. You had so much immorality. And Paul's going, man, look, the culture today, I, I mean, it, it's about destruction, which is the opposite of salvation. Salvation is life. Their God is their stomach. Whatever desire, this insatiable appetite for more, right? No self-control, no self-discipline. And their glories and their shame. Hey, look what I did to so-and-so. Look what I did on this. Look at me, you know. 
their mind is on earthly things. Guys, we live in a culture like that, right? We live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. He says, but you, you're different. As a Christ follower, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Hey, remember this, Paul's writing from prison. (laughs) Paul's writing from prison. And he could have been in prison and he could have been like, God, seriously? He, He could have been going, you know what, God, there's a godless culture out there and here I am trying to do the right thing and why am I here? Did you forget about me? But instead of being bitter, Paul says, I want to live my life for the glory of God even in struggles, even in the hardships because I believe God's writing a bigger story. I believe that God's writing a greater story. I believe God's not finished with me and even though I'm in prison right now, there's still breath in my lungs for a reason and God's writing a bigger story. God's not finished with me. God's not finished with me and God's not finished with you. And so often in the midst of our struggles, it's easy for us to pull away and go, God, you forgot about me. And God's doing, no, 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 no. I'm growing you. I'm growing you. And if you're honest, I bet you can look back on your life and some of the hardest struggles that you faced, those were the times that you felt closest to God. And those were the times that God grew your faith more than you could have ever imagined. And those are the times that became the building block for you. Because God's with us even in the struggles. I want you to watch this video from uh, Erica Santos who's in our church and just a, a young woman of God who loves the Lord. Watch this. I always thought that I had committed my life to God and that every single thing that I did um, was turned over to Him. I actually knew my husband since high school. And one thing that I always observed about him, um, he has many wonderful qualities, but one of them is that he was so good with kids. The kind of guy that wherever he went, kids would just, you know, gather around him. At church, he was always involved in vacation Bible school. And so I always knew uh, when I married him that he would be a great dad. I also loved kids and um, definitely could not see a future without any kids. I grew up seeing um, my parents and my grandparents have overcome a lot of struggle through a lot of hard work um, and, you know, reliance on God as well. Um, so everything that I know about hard work and resilience come from those early years, I feel. And I felt like God honored my hard work. You know, I would do my best, work really, really hard, but also commit things to Him and things were working out really well. We uh, got married I think on the younger side and, you know, had a specific plan. I'm very Taipei, so, you know, wanted to get my master's degree. He was going to get his, we're going to buy a house. And then by the time I was 30, I was going to have two kids and maybe one would be biological, maybe one would be adopted. And um, yeah, that's what we set out to do. You know, it was kind of like, I knew all these things in my head about that God had a plan for my life that he was provider and that no matter what happened, whether I got kids or not, he was a good God. But my heart felt so differently, you know, and um, that's just something that was really hard to reconcile. 
and uh, even got to the point where we tried IUI. We met some people here in um, Tennessee that had done it and recommended, so we thought it's not too intrusive, we can do it, and we did. And um, Extremely hard, didn't work out well, so that left me in a very emotional place. I was very close to my paternal grandmother, so I always wanted to have the joy of giving her a great-grandchild and definitely had that as part of my plan. Um, but you know, through infertility, I, it, was taking, it was taking longer. So I was in Brazil there with my grandma, really struck by the possibility that this could be it. There I was with this major life disappointment that I didn't know what to do with and the prospect of her passing away without, you know, us having had that experience. It was gonna be it, you know, if she passed away, there would be no going back. It was really hard because I was so close to her and I had that loss, but beyond that, again, it just laid on top of what I had already experienced, this spiritual struggle, not making sense of how my life was falling out and then this. I remember one day I was getting ready for church, you know, trying to make sure I didn't look a mess, just how much I had been crying, and that was something I was doing often at the time. Um, and I remember I turned on my TV, I'd always like to listen to Charles Stanley in the morning, and I turned on the TV, and literally as soon as the TV went on, he looks at the TV with his finger pointing, and he says, you know, you can't trust God and not trust his timing. You know, he said that and um, said that to me. Probably not only to me, but sure said it to me. And then we got to the church and all of Jeff's sermon is about the exact same thing. Um, and I remember just falling before God and crying so much and saying, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm yours. Up to that point for so long, we would sing songs about trusting God and serenity to Him, and I'd always be quiet during those points because I knew I, I wasn't, I knew I couldn't. Um, because He wasn't in my timeline, He wasn't fulfilling the plans I had made for myself. Um, and I let it go, and I just thought in my mind, you know, I'm going to live for whatever He has for me, and that's what I did. I let it go that day. So I had decided that whether it happened or not, um, whether now, later, or ever, that it was going to just be something I would accept and live with. Um, but in the meanwhile, I had been feeling a lot of, of pain um, every once in a while in my stomach. My doctor said if it could be endometriosis, which is something that you can't really know if you have unless you go in to see. Before the surgery, they have to do just standard procedure to take a pregnancy test. And I remember sitting there, even afraid to take it. I didn't think I was pregnant, but you know, when you go through infertility, it's such an emotional roller coaster just to see a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. That's how I found out I was pregnant. So we took off the day from, from work. Both of us went to the zoo and just started to begin to absorb and make sense of this great gift we've just been given. You know, after having failed IUIs and, you know, being ready and almost having done IVF, having happened naturally, it was such a 
such a joy, such a gift, and really helped me to understand better what God was trying to tell us through the whole journey, which was, you know, you're in my hands. I have you, and I am in control of it all. Not you, but I am. <laughs> I love that. It says God's in control of it all. And so is Christ enough? You know, so often we try to fix everything in our lives. We try to do this, but it comes down to us knowing that Christ is enough. And I'm going to hold on to you regardless of what happens. Regardless of whether things turn out the way I want them to or that I have planned. God, I'm going to trust you. And maybe today you're in a tough season. Just know this. God hasn't left you. And God is with you. God is for you. Maybe you're in a great season. You just celebrate. Just be thankful. Be thankful. Because everything comes from Him. And maturity has grown in the midst of our struggles. And then maturity is built as we stand firm. Let's pick up in just chapter 4, verse 1. I love this verse. He just says, therefore, right? Therefore, in light of our God's story, therefore, in light of God's sovereignty and God's work, therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And maturity has built, you guys, as we just hold on to Jesus through the good times, through the tough times, through the joys, through the struggles, through the heartbreaks, and through the times that we rejoice. We just hold on to Jesus. And we start to grow stronger and know that God is with us and God is for us. And then as challenges come, we just go, okay, God's got this. You know, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I know this God has got this. We see maturity happening in our lives. Your call and my call is to be faithful, not to be perfect. None of us are perfect, right? We're all going to have doubts. We're all going to have struggles. We're all going to go through times. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. One day as believers, we're going to die, all of us will, and we're going to go to heaven, and we're going to hear these words from the Lord. He's going to say this, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, we're not good on our own merit. We're only good because of the grace that we receive in Jesus Christ, the imputed righteousness of Christ. But our call is simply to be faithful, not perfect, just faithful. I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to hold on to him. And in that process, maturity growth of you becoming more and more and more like Christ. How do we do that? <laughs> we dive into God's word. How do we do that? It's in the context of community, the importance of church, the importance of sharing life together, the importance of having people around us to pray with us, to pray for us. That's how we grow. That's how we develop. Are you pressing into Christ? So here's four questions to consider today. Number one is this, what is your God story? What was your life before Christ? And then when did you meet Christ? Maybe for some of you, that's today. Today you just say, hey, I'm committing my life to Christ. I understand that I've sinned. I understand I've messed up. I need a savior. I don't need religion. I need Jesus. (laughs) What's your God story? Secondly is this, how are you growing spiritually mature? How are you growing personally? How are you growing to be the spiritual leader God's called you to be? How are you maturing in your faith? Number three, are you facing a challenge or a struggle today? If you are, give it over to the Lord. 
Give it over to the Lord. Trust him. Let him be enough. Trust his timing. Trust his presence. And number four, are you living the Christian life wholehearted? Not I got a little bit of the Jesus and I got a little bit of the world. I, I, I'm trying to balance both. But man, I'm just today, I'm just saying I'm going to be wholehearted. For whatever time I have left on this earth, I'm going to live it for Jesus. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the service, and we want to encourage you to reflect on today's message throughout the week. Here at Rolling Hills, our goal is to raise up a community of disciples to be the hands and feet of Christ, and we hope that you will partner with us in doing so. How do you do that? Well, here are several ways. First, join us every Sunday, either online or at one of our physical locations. Join us as we worship our God and learn more about Him and His plan for us. Second, get connected. Check out our Next Steps page on the site to find out how you can engage with us further by serving or joining a community group. And lastly, we want to invite you to partner with us financially. You can do that online through the giving section of our site. All tithes and offerings go to support our ministries both locally and internationally, enabling us to impact lives and share God's Word. Again, we are so glad you joined us today. Have a great week.